This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. And as you know, is my custom, every year I have a theme or a word of the year. And the word for this year is abundance. And if you have not yet listened to the episode from the 16th of December, do go back and listen to the episode from the 16th of December because I give a preview of the topic of abundance. And today, I want to just add to the subject of abundance. And first, let's just talk a little bit about what the word abundance means. Abundance means a very large quantity of something. We're talking about something that's ample, wealth, affluence, fullness, plenty, lavish, bountiful, infinite, copious, all of those words speak of abundance, or in other words, a lot. That's really what we're talking about. We're not talking about scarcity. We're not talking about just barely squeaking by. We're talking about overflowing with the resources of God. And that's what I am claiming and praying over this year about is God's abundance. Now, how did we get here? We got here over the last several years through three other words. First, we had the word of vision. And in that vision, we were seeing a lot of things going on in our world. We were seeing needs that needed to be addressed, whether it was racial issues, including in the workplace or virus-related scenarios, so much we saw. Then the following year, we had the word of impact. So now that we saw all of that, we wanted to impact that, do some work, make some interventions that can make a difference. And so last year was the year of impact. And with this year being the year of abundance, I want you to think about the first letters of all of those words, V for vision, I for impact, and A for abundance. And that is the word via. When you think about via, via is by way of something, via is through something. So we're getting to abundance via vision, via impact, and now we're coming to abundance. So the verse for this year is really a verse that is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking in John 10 and the 10th verse. And he says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we know the thief, of course, is Satan. That's the enemy. And then Jesus says in part B of the verse, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So when Jesus says, that's the reason I came is so that you can have life more abundantly. Well, we want to make good on that promise and we want to enjoy what Jesus came here to provide for us. And we know that even though the enemy is at work and at work all the time, 
The enemy is certainly not stronger than God. God is stronger than the enemy. And Jesus even says he has all power and all authority. And we know that even God is able to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. So we know that we have this abundance in God. Now, you might wonder, abundance in what? In what categories? There are more categories than what I'll share here today, but I want to share three areas of abundance that we're going to pay attention to over the next year. The first area of abundance is the mind or the character of Christ. The mind and the character of Christ, being abundant and being conformed to the mind and character of Christ. Secondly, would be the fruit of the Spirit, being abundant in the fruit of the Spirit. And then thirdly, abundant in physical provision, whatever it is that we need to carry out the purpose, the mission, and the work that God has given us, that's the physical provision. So as we look at each one of these, I want to just mention that abundance in general is about growth. We're really talking about growth in all three of these areas, the character and mind of Christ, growth in the fruit of the spirit, and growth even in physical provision. So when we think about the mind and the character of Christ, I'm reminded of Philippians, the second chapter, because there's a lot of information there about the mind of Christ in the second chapter of Philippians. So I want to share some information with you from that chapter, starting with verse 1. If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let me stop there for a second. This part is so important. When you have the mind of Christ, you're not doing things out of your own ambition or out of your own conceit, and you're also esteeming other people even better than yourself. You're looking out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I say this in this way, we want to look out for our own interests. Yes, because you love yourself and you love others as you love yourself. So if you're not taking care of you and you're not loving you, how are you going to love others in the same way? So there is a component about looking out for yourself, but it says we're prioritizing the well-being of other people and not just being in it for ourselves and what we're about. If we think about the mind of Christ, Jesus said over and over again, he came to the earth to do not his own will, but the will of the Father who sent him. He said he came to fulfill that word, the word from the Father. And he said, I'm doing not my own works. I'm doing the works of the Father who sent me. So Jesus came in that mind of humility, that mind of the loneliness that surely he was carrying out orders from the Father. 
And if we continue in Philippians, the second chapter with verse five, it then says for us as a charge, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. So the whole point being, he was willing to humble himself and recognizing that God the Father is the one who would elevate him as he was obedient to the charge that he was sent here to perform. So when we think about the mind of Christ, we're thinking about not making it a personal reputation because we're here to reflect the glory of God, being a servant, one who serves God and fulfills his purpose and mission. And in Jesus' case, being willing to come even in human flesh, in the human body, which is a far lower form than the spiritual form that he was in, in heaven with God the Father. And so it's also being obedient to what that call is that God has on our lives. That's that mind of Christ. That's that humility. So that's number one. We want to become abundant in this year in the mind and the character of Christ. Secondly, we want to be abundant in this year in the fruit of the Spirit. And when we are walking in the Spirit of God, God resources us with the fruit of that walk. And the fruit of the Spirit, it's one fruit, but it has many different pieces to it. It's a very tasty fruit because of the components. And I want to remind you of what the fruit of the Spirit is. And so I'm going to read out of Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 22. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. This is what God wants us to walk in as we reflect him and we reflect the light of who he is. We can grow in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, being able to forbear with those people who are challenging, people who are difficult, being able to do that, having kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in and of ourselves, by ourselves, with the power of the flesh, we are not able to do this. However, the Spirit of God gives us the ability to forbear with the difficult people, gives us the ability to have patience and the ability to love even the unlovable, or as Jesus says, even to love our enemies. So in this year, we want to grow in the abundance of the fruit of the Spirit. And then thirdly, I want to talk a little bit about physical provision I will draw your attention to the fact that in Matthew, the sixth chapter, 
we have a discourse about Jesus reminding us that we don't really need to worry about anything. A lot of times we're worrying about our life. We're worrying about whether we're going to have enough food to eat, whether we're going to have water to drink, whether we're going to have clothes to wear. And he says, don't worry about any of that. Your father in heaven knows that you have need of all of these things, if you will, all of this physical provision. And then Jesus invites us to look at how God operates. And in that sixth chapter of Matthew, he goes on to say, look at the birds of the air. God feeds them. And they don't have to do a whole lot. He knows they're there. He knows they need food. He sends the birds of the air food, even though today they're here and a sparrow might fall and die the next day. But God knows everyone and he knows what each sparrow needs in each day, every bird of the air. He then invites us to also to look at the lilies of the field. They don't work. They don't do any toiling. They're not out there planting. However, the lilies of the field are beautiful. God clothes them in beautiful, colorful array every day. And when I think even about the way God paints the sky every morning and every night with the most magnificent colors, dramatic and beautiful colors, a God who takes the time to paint the sky with such beauty, clearly he is taking care of all of creation, the birds of the air, the flowers of the fields. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow because they're tossed into the fire. So he says to us, remember Solomon. Even Solomon. Solomon had all kinds of great wealth. He was a great king on the earth. God blessed him with an abundance of earthly treasures and resources. And he says, even the lilies of the field are clothed in some respects even better than Solomon was. So he says, don't worry about any of this. Whatever you need in the way of food, shelter, clothing, God will provide. And what he calls us to do in order to access that part of abundance is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of those things that he knows we need, like food, shelter, and clothing, will automatically be added to us. We don't have to seek after those things. That's what God provides. All we have to seek after is God himself and what he's calling us to, the purpose that he has on our life. So that's physical provision. So we're talking about this year, having abundance in the mind and character of Christ, abundance in the fruit of the spirit, abundance and physical provision to carry out the ministry that God has given us. And what I want you to remember is that while we sometimes sit around worrying about all of these things, even though we're reminded time and time again, don't worry. Take every request and every concern to God. The resources that God has and the storehouses that God has, we don't even know even the minutest amount about them all. 
He has resources in places we cannot fathom. You certainly remember how that through Moses, God brought water out of the rock for his people, Israel, in the wilderness. You know how that God brought manna from heaven to feed his people, Israel, in the wilderness. And we have that saying that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which is just a metaphoric way of saying that there is no lack to what God has available. God is the creator. He owns it all. Whatever you need in this universe or elsewhere, he can provide. So I wanted to close today on a picture of what that might look like, an example of it. Because oftentimes we won't know God's how. The how he provides is his business. Our business is simply to believe him, to trust in him, and to obey. So I want to read in your hearing today from Matthew, the 17th chapter, as we close out today's segment and starting in verse 24. And the situation is it's time to pay the temple tax. And so Peter is coming to Jesus to find out what is he going to do about paying the temple tax? Because the religious leaders of the day are asking Peter, what are you going to do? What is Jesus going to do about this temple tax? And I want you to see what was the solution. So this is Matthew, the 17th chapter, starting with verse 24. And it says, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And he said, yes. And so when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take custom or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. So Jesus is saying to Peter, and Peter is the same person as Simon, often called Simon Peter. He said, now there's this tax that's being exacted. And when you really think about it, the kings of the earth who do they tax? Who do they get, they get tribute from and custom from? Are they taxing their own sons or are they taxing strangers? So Peter said, oh no, they're getting their taxes from the strangers. So this is the context. So Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook and take the fish that comes up first. So he's giving him some very precise instructions. He says, look, I am a son. I am the son of the ultimate king. And in fact, I'm the king of kings. Technically, I don't really have to pay the temple tax, but so that all obedience, all righteousness is fulfilled, he's going to pay this tax. And he's now sending Peter out to the sea. Peter's a fisherman to cast a hook in the sea, take up the first fish that he finds. And then he says, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Now imagine that God is producing money out of the mouth of a fish. Could Peter have anticipated that? 
Never in a million years would Peter have imagined that that's how Jesus was going to pay the temple tax. Likewise, in this year of abundance, we cannot imagine the resources that God will use, the places where he will send us to receive the abundance that he is giving us for the mission that he has commissioned us to. So just rest assured with the examples that have gone before us, God knows what we need. God is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide and he will provide in his own way and in his own time. And we need not worry about it, even in the least little bit, because we cannot think the thoughts of God. Only God can be God. If you are a ministry marketplace leader, and by that I mean that you are a Christian executive or a values-based executive who's working in a non-Christian setting, a secular setting, and you want to leave a powerful leadership legacy. And what I mean by that is you want to leave your organization better than when you found it. You want to leave your organization with more resources than when you first started. And with a powerful leadership legacy, you want to develop people, prepare them, create a succession plan for who will fill in the key roles after you are gone. And not only that, you want to think about intentionally what is next for you in your next chapter. Even if your next chapter is retirement, there is still a life of significance waiting for you. God still has something for you to do where you make a difference on this earth for you and your family. So if you care about those kinds of outcomes, resourcing your organization and exploring what's next for you, I invite you to have a conversation with me about what might be possible in terms of building your life of abundance this year in the three spheres that we've been talking about, your abundance in becoming more like Christ in terms of character, in terms of the mindset that you have, having that abundance mindset that God will provide. If you are thinking about it saying, yeah, I could use some of that abundance of developing more of the fruit of the spirit about how I operate in my workplace every day, or how I even cascade that down into my organization. And then thirdly, more of the abundance of provision. God has you in place as his conduit to provide for your workplace. And also he's providing for you and your family. So if you want to talk more about that and explore possibilities of how we could work together to achieve that purpose and God-given mission for you, and you are that Marketplace Ministry Executive, then please give me a call or reach out to me at www.transleadership.com apply. 
I will take a look at what you say and schedule you for a time for us to visit together. And the phone number for the company, if you'd prefer to phone, is 719-534-0949, extension 1. I look forward to hearing from you and exploring how we might possibly be able to work together for your abundant 2022. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.